Making Thanksgiving Real, Part 1. In these strange new, quote, perilous times, end quote, 2 Timothy 3.1, it takes an awful lot to shock us. An unexpected trend has emerged, however, that is so unthinkably disturbing that we hate to even fathom it. It involves pushing a random stranger down onto subway tracks or even in front of an oncoming train. If more evidence were needed for the depraved nature of man, I am not sure where it could come from. But this is not mere depravity. It is a form of debauchery and degradation that only occurs in the final stages of cultural dissent. No matter what anyone says about such hideous crimes, one thing is beyond dispute. Anyone who could perpetrate such lawlessness is not thankful to their Creator God. The Apostle Paul, in fact, made it clear in Romans one twenty one that it is the very sin of thanklessness that plunges lost humanity as if pushing down on a broken step into ghastly exaggerations of iniquity and finally into the lake of fire itself. Hopefully no one reading these words is flirting with performing random acts of murder. Yet we must ask ourselves if we are in fact also allowing that root sin of thanklessness, of ingratitude, to undertake its infernal efforts in our hearts. What does thanksgiving mean to us? Feasting, football, and finding bargains? How can it become so much more to us as we approach another Thanksgiving day? To put it bluntly, how can we make Thanksgiving real? I believe that doing so will first of all require us to ground our Thanksgiving season in Scripture. There is no end of the verses that we might use to prompt us to give thanks. But in case you need to prime the pump, I thought I would share this list, including a few favorites as well as some that might not immediately come to our minds. 2 Samuel 22, 1-51 Nehemiah 12, 27-47 Psalm 26, 6-8 Psalm 35, 17-18 Psalm 75, verse 1 Psalm 92, 1-4 Psalm 100 Psalm 103 Psalm 118 Psalm 136 Daniel two twenty through twenty three, Second Corinthians two fourteen through seventeen, Philippians four four through nine, Revelation seven nine through seventeen. When I think about these scriptures, the men who wrote them and the trials that each endured, I realize how I ought to be completely overwhelmed with a spirit of gratitude. Our Pilgrim Fathers grounded the very first Thanksgiving Day in Scripture back in 1621 when they constructed their entire notion of a harvest celebration on the Feast of Tabernacles, often called a Pilgrim Feast, which was prescribed for the nation of Israel in Exodus 23.16, Leviticus 23.33-43, Numbers 29.12-38, and Deuteronomy 16.13-17. How can we today ground our Thanksgiving celebration in the scriptures? Obviously, we have to read them, meditate on them, pray over them, and share them. We can spend time studying them, write them in cards, post them on social media, and read them aloud at our Thanksgiving tables. It is ironic that while Thanksgiving itself may be receiving less attention than it ever has in our culture, Many people have much more time for it than ever. 
Some employees and students have the entire week off. Conversely, with less significance attached to Thanksgiving Day and even more to the materialism of the holidays, others may now be called upon to work right through Thanksgiving Day. But we can give thanks in either case. If you have extra time, how are you using that time? May I encourage you to view this as a holy season and take advantage of the opportunity to consider the, quote, mighty acts, end quote, of God passed down to us from, quote, one generation to another, end quote, Psalm 145, verse 4. Read a significant book or catch up on your Bible reading. Take some time to think about the most important things. If you don't have extra time, you can still use some of your precious time to saturate this season with the scriptures and gratitude. Maybe you aren't even invited anywhere for Thanksgiving, but you can still be thankful. All of us can. Indeed, we must ground your Thanksgiving in scripture and watch God work in your life.